0: Hey everybody, and welcome to episode number forty-six of the Kickabout. And as always, Dan and Fran are here. Hi. This uh, is the penul- potentially the penultimate mm. penultimate show. Uh, with next Monday's being the review show of the final, where we hope we'll be talking about England in the final and, and hopefully oh, winning yeah. it. But yeah. yeah, either way, next week is going to be the last one of the of the season. Can you believe we're at that stage already? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Nice. How Time Flies. Right, so, um, as always, we are going to start with this. Hang on, I've got to find the button. <laughs> Where is it, there it is. Down the stat, man.
1: So for this week, I've got two, because oh. my first one...
2: Because Chris did so well last week with it. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's like, I'm not letting him get another one, right? there's <laughs> uh, a bit of a... An age gap, I think, between sort of people that would know and that wouldn't know. So I thought I'd, I'd do two um, for the two different age genres. Okay. Meaning me. And me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the first one is, Southgate is just the second manager to take England's men's team to both the semi-final of the World Cup and the European Championship. But which other England manager did the same? Okay. Okay. And my second one is Luke Shaw's assist for Harry Maguire was the first time two United players have combined for an England goal at a major tournament since who? Ooh, bloody hell. I can give you the date for that. This pub quiz going. On. <laughs> so the last time that it happened. back. <laughs> the last time it happened was Euro two thousand. So that'll give you an idea of what sort of players were playing around that time. Oh my god! Okay. Um, it doesn't Euro two thousand. <laughs> you would know them both.
0: Yeah, all right. I think I have a guess. Well, no, we'll, we'll, as always, we'll do that later. But I think I might have a, an educated. The first one, though, I mean, you're saying age gap between mm. the two. So you're saying Euro 2000 is one. The first one, how old is that then? Oh
1: uh, no, they were both right next to each other.
0: Oh, okay. All it's right. Just
1: I wasn't around. Oh,
0: yeah. If that you, makes sense. Youngins. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, as you as, as I say, we'll do that later in the show. Let's talk fantasy league briefly because we are closing in on the end of our fifty pound. Uh, winners' uh, prize for our fancy league. And John Webb and Terry Holland still lead the way. It's still pretty close. John Webb 312, Terry Holland 308, and then uh, Joe Roberts, Lewis, and Dan all within uh, sort of 15, 20 points. But with only three games to go yet, Joe Morton's there as well. But he's a little way behind, though, to be fair. I can't see him making that the difference up. No. Um, but yeah, we've only uh, we've only three games to go because there's no third and fourth playoff in the Euros, is there? Yeah, I believe there is. Is
1: there? Yeah, on Saturday that game.
0: Hang on, uh, not according to fixtures. Oh, I swear, I'm pretty sure. There really I didn't are. think they did it at the Euros. If I'm honest, I thought they only did it at the World Cup. Um, come on, no, I could be wrong. Give me two seconds. Come on, I'll we're a football podcast,
1: guys.
2: <laughs> this is embarrassing. I
1: could have sworn there was on my uh, wall chart.
0: <laughs> on your oh my wall God, chart. This is evil.
1: Oh, there is one. Right. Okay. Fine. In which case, four oh, actually, games. No, hang on. that's the Copa, uh,
0: that's the Copper America. Copper America.
1: Maybe that. Oh, maybe there isn't then.
0: That's one point for Welch. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, that's three games, and as I was saying, three games left <laughs> um, before the end of the uh, Dream Team, and it looks like it's going to be one of John Terry, Joe, or Lewis would be my guess, one of those four. A, a Did you just game. say John Terry? Oh, was it John <laughs> and Terry? <John. laughs> <on the horse. laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, right, okay. Let's move on. Um, we've got a lot of England talk tonight, which will Whee! please everyone. Um, and I'm personally probably going to have to eat a little bit of humble pie based on the sort of tone I was taking last week. Um, but we will cast our mind back initially to the England Germany game. I appreciate that yes. was almost a week ago now. <laughs> um, but you know that's what happens when you record once a week yeah. and all the games keep coming off oh, literally the day after the show. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what a time to be alive! Yeah. What a time to be alive. First win of a German in knockout stages since 66. Um, mean, I mean, where do we even start that performance? I mean, we, we got the lineup just about right, didn't we? We, we suspected a back five. Um, mm. as said most people, to be fair, I think we all knew he was going to match them up, but it, yeah. it just worked like a charm, didn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, and I think we sort of, I mean, they definitely had chances, but I never felt like we were going to lose that game, to be honest.
0: I mean, Timo, when Timo Werner had that one chance, mm. and but he's Timo Werner, so...
2: You just... Oh, leave the poor guy.
0: <laughs> but you're never quite confident with him. And I, I was think, actually gutted when
1: they took him off.
0: Yeah, me too. I was like, oh, no, they're bringing on someone better now. <laughs> um, obviously, the big one was at 1-0 when Thomas and Muller Miller went, went through. Yeah. Um, and yeah. if ever you need an advert for the emotions in football, the contrast in emotions between Sterling down yeah. on his knees yeah. and Muller down on his knees, but for such such different, different reasons. reasons. And then within a within a second of each other, those emotions almost flipping round. Yeah. Um, everything absolutely incredible. And I think that, that was the moment that I felt this it's our day. Yeah. But,
1: Yeah, um, I mean, we obviously scored late on, didn't we? Which is, I think we scored, was it like the 75th or was it the 80th or something?
0: Yeah, it was somewhere around that time. When you
1: score that late on, I mean, that's obviously a crushing blow to the other team. And you sort of usually, are fairly confident you'll go on. But yeah, when Sterling... I can't remember who he passed it to, but he passed it to a German player. Then I think he, it had,
0: through, he got dispossessed, didn't he? He it on the ball and just, he yeah. got, yeah. It, got it nicked. He, he knew it, though, straight away, didn't he? Well, anyway, yeah. yeah. The and second that ball broke and then they played the pass to Muller, pass to Muller through, you yeah. saw he was literally just about to disappear off the camera shot. But the
1: way he hit it as well, it, li- it looked like it had gone in. Yeah. It looked like he'd rolled it into the bottom corner and when it just went past the post. Oh.
0: Yeah. but I mean, talking of contrasting motions, I mean, we've seen the... Um, the shots of like the, the crowds in Germany mm. where literally they all like you say, it all looks like it's going yeah. and they're all like up shouting and then that just instantaneous yeah. <laughs> switch of emotions. I mean so it's glorious for too. us to watch, yeah. but I mean we've been there, we? We've we've, yeah. we've been there as England fans. Um so let, let's talk line up then. So we, we all th- we all thought that we'd see um the five. We weren't entirely sure how he would line up from a sort of an attacking sense. Uh he stuck with Saka. Um, mm. and it, again, worked pretty well. Saka did himself a good job, but I, I, I still felt it was a big, big gamble to stick with Kane, but, of course, it paid off. He wasn't... I mean, up until the point he scored, I still thought he was really poor. Yeah,
1: he only... I can't remember what it,
0: I it was. The ball all, twice in the yeah, first he
1: touched half. the t- ball twice in the first half. Yeah, he touched the ball twice in the first
0: half, yeah. So, yeah, I thought he still had a very poor game up until that point, but then... And that, he was still dropping very deep. Yeah. Um, but as we will get on to later we've seen what, what, a, what one goal can do yeah, to yeah. you um, and then of course the big introduction or the big change was when Jack Grealish came on mm. um, I mean it, it's quite interesting isn't it I mean we're, we're probably going to end up dancing backwards and forwards between games here as we talk mm. but it's interesting that before the tournament started all the talk was about Phil Foden it was about Jack Grealish it was about um, whether Maguire should be in the squad or not because of his uh, his mm. lingering injury and yet Southgate has continued to manage all of that and everything is just working out now like you is it luck is it amazing man management is it a bit of both I think
1: you've got to give him credit to be fair I mean I was very critical <sighs> about how we were playing and like who we were playing etc you know starting the sort of campaign with Trippier at left back um kind of pissed me off a bit but
0: I mean to be honest even when I saw the lineup for the Germany game when you see effectively seven defensive yeah, minded yeah, players yeah. I'm, I think I'll be the honest, whole I nation, just, the, I
1: mean all of social media was going in on it and then yeah. I think everyone was a bit quiet towards it. <laughs> yeah.
0: But the, I mean I had my parents over and we we were all we were talking about it and we said that on the on paper it looks a very defensive um lineup and we mm. said last week that we were kind of concerned that Southgate might take this solid at the back first approach and then try and maybe catch them on the counter and nick a goal. But the team was still set up to but you can still play attacking football. As we saw in the end, with a defensive formation, mm. because those two fullbacks, if you allow them to be quite adventurous, um then you give yourself effectively an extra two players going forward. Uh, as we saw, it worked out when Greenish came on and Shaw got the overlap yeah. for uh, for Kane. Was it Kane's goal? No, Sterling's goal. It was um Greenish who assisted for Kane, wasn't it? <laughs> so um yeah, I think um, as you say, a lot of credit needs to go to, to Southgate. I think. I think it's worth saying, though, that the criticism that we gave and that everyone was giving, the England team and Southgate, I don't agree with these people who suddenly go Yeah, where's all the Southgate haters now where's all the people who said no. we should drop Kane because only... it
1: could have bounced either way. well exactly
0: really. you can't just be Captain hindsight all no. the time and just and just do that sort of thing yeah, at the I end think of the, day... the big
1: thing is admitting when you got it wrong yeah like in terms of us yeah, being absolutely being able to admit that you know Southgate got it right like I'm more than happy to admit that 100%
0: because it's in our it's in our Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> it's in our interest to do that yeah. but you know at the end of the day we can only review and really of what's happened mm-hmm. it, exactly and we, it wasn't like it was a one-off game. We'd seen a number of games in the build-up to the tournament, the warm-up games and the mm. qualification games for the World Cup that were all showing worrying signs, and it carried on into the group stages in the Euros. Yeah. And now we're peaking at the best time. We've got Harry Kane, who suddenly found some form from nowhere, looks a completely different player. Mm. Um, Raheem Sterling, for all his... He's almost like Marmite, isn't he? You either love him or you hate him, and he mm. splits opinion. But he's been, I think, superb throughout most of this tournament. Jordan Pickford, I was was really worried about before this year. Apart from, he liked to give us a little bit of a moment against uh, Ukraine, even Mm. though we were four in the laps, it didn't matter. Um, But here we are, semi-final on Wednesday, not conceded a goal. No. I'm against
1: a side that, I mean, you know, not to be disrespectful, but that we should be beating and should be getting to the final.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, if we talk about the Ukraine game, (laughs) if we talk about the Ukraine game for a second, I think, England one of England's criticisms in the past is that they've not been able to really put teams to the sword mm. when the opportunity's been there. Mm. And for me we took, we spoke again in the run up um off off uh, off recording that Ukraine looked very tired in their round of 16 yeah. game against Sweden yeah. I think it was yeah. went, went to extra, extra time, time yeah. literally last like, 119th minute goal I think it was that won yeah. it. They look absolutely out on their feet and for me as soon as that first goal went in getting that early goal it's not always a good thing in football but in this situation mm. You could you could see that it really affected Ukraine, and they would just they couldn't really get themselves going.
1: No, but I mean obviously it forces them to then because I imagine their plan would have been to just shut up shop and try and get us on the counter. But as soon as you go one nil down, that game plan goes out the window because you can't just sit back because the other team is not going to come out and attack you when they're one nil up.
0: Yeah, and it was very clear from the outset what Ukraine's plan was, as you say, that it was this sit back mentality. Hmm but scoring so early in the first half ruins any plan that Shevchenko yeah. had and then scoring so early in the second half ruins whatever counter plan he had mm. for the second half of the game.
1: My only worry when we went 1-0 up so early was that we were going to make the same mistake we made against Croatia in the semi-final and just sit. where we just sort of sat yeah. and just kept inviting Especially pressure. Especially when it just
2: went a bit like...
1: Yeah, oh, and for the first sort of 10 minutes, Ukraine flat. were all over us and Carl Walker had a few mistakes in him and seemed to just tried to let the ball run past him. I to have no idea what he was doing there. No
0: yeah, I don't know what he was doing. Mean, to be fair, that I think the Carl Walker performance was the only...
2: He was the only shaky one. Yeah,
1: yeah he, was the, he
0: was the only black mark on the overall mm. performance, really.
1: But the, um, the way Ukraine would go, I think if, they, you know, if they'd have managed to get a goal, all the momentum would have been with them and... I mean,
0: it would have been a real test for you yeah. to see
1: how they would have coped. Well, with that. I mean, we've, like you say, we've not conceded a goal, so we have no idea how the players will react if we do eventually concede a goal. You know, yeah. if we, we've not gone one nil down, exactly. So, or we've not scored and then equalised, and not we've not that. had to deal with that scenario. So,
0: I mean, there will be an element of the players' mentality coming in here where mm. they'll they won't think they're invincible, but they'll be playing with the confidence as if they are. Mm. Mm. And as you say, if. I mean, the later we go in the tournament, the worse it actually potentially will become yeah. if we do concede a goal. We've not had that challenge. If we've yeah. not had that before. We've not dealt with that pressure, especially as the next two games are at Wembley, so we're going to be in front of our own mm. fans as well. You're
1: making um, me nervous. Um. <laughs> yeah.
0: So if that does happen, then it's going to be a real test for those players to see how they react to that because it could be quite difficult to overcome mm. that mental block. Of, oh, shit, we finally conceded. Now what? Yeah. Um, you
1: know, if we're 1-0 down in the second half and you've got 60,000 England fans getting a bit impatient or a bit nervous then that will start to sort of impact the players and that.
0: Yeah. Um, and yeah and Ukraine I just felt their their game plan was obviously quite defensive and you could see I think actually when you say we went one nil up and then sometimes it can be a, a bad point
2: but
0: Ukraine were trying to play on the counter and they didn't really have any pace no. to do it Yeah, um, the only chances they really had were because we gave the ball to them mm. um, and we put ourselves under pressure but because they never really got out I it think was, was quite easy bit, to control it
2: there was a bit of a lull though wasn't there yeah, after, well, I the, think- after the first goal and then I was, I remember said I don't know if I said it to you, yeah, or I said yeah, to yeah. someone, I was like, it's just going to be a one nil It's
1: just going to be a 1-0. <laughs> I think Southgate must have said something at half time because the players came out as a completely different team and we they all absolutely the slaughtered them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> must maybe made that no difference. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Maguire finally managed to get a header on target. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: yeah, so it was, it was an all-good game. Just one, just... Quickly dancing back to the uh, to the Germany game. Did uh, I know you guys don't watch Formula 1, but did you guys see uh, Timo Werner at the weekend?
1: No.
0: So um, Timo Werner was at the Austrian Grand Prix on Sunday, clearly obviously Germany at the tournament. Probably feeling quite awkward at the fact that he has to do give an interview to English media anyway because he knows what they're going to ask. He knows they're going to ask about the game and all that. Um, but probably made worse by the fact that the lady interviewing him introduced him as the um, Germany goalkeeper. Oh! <laughs> I'm not sure that went down too well. (laughs) I mean, he had a mask on, so you couldn't really see his initial reaction, but there was a bit of a um, um, (laughs) really awkward moment. But yeah, I can't imagine that made him feel any better. Um, Anyway, um, let's talk um, briefly about um, the the selection that he chose for Ukraine. Um, Again, another example of changing tactics to suit who you're playing. Mm. And he brought Sancho in for 90 minutes as well. He's a Premier League player now, isn't he? He is a Premier League player. (laughs) You excited? Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm I'm happy happy the saga's finally over. It's only only taken two years. Yeah, hopefully we can start looking at some more signings. But yeah.
0: Um, But no, I thought his man management has been superb in this tournament, as we've already mentioned. But I think what's been very key is that the atmosphere within the group is very good because we've almost got this Man City thing going on right now where he's rotating players and no one seems to care. Ah. You know, you saw how happy Jack Grealish was Mm. at the end of the game that we'd won. He didn't, he didn't even get off the bench. You know, other players in a different scenario. I mean, we'll talk about France later and how they reacted to their loss. Mm. Um, that's not happening with England. Everyone is, is pulling in the same direction. Everyone wants the same thing. And nobody seemingly is massively bothered if they're not directly involved with it at that moment. Do
2: you think he's going to play Foden at some point?
0: He hasn't I think Foden's going to struggle. right oh, yeah, I can't. See, I mean, he's not played since the Czech
1: Republic. I, I Don't even know if he played in the Czech Republic game. I think he got pulled for that game. Uh, he wasn't even in the squad from no. memory. I'm pretty sure Scotland was the last game he played in. Um, to be honest, I don't know if I don't. I would. I don't think I would put him back in.
0: I mean, every every decision so far that Saka mm, has made has been good. So if he brings him in back in,
1: yeah, then there's obviously a reason.
0: There'll be a reason behind it. He's got a particular tactic or style in mind that he thinks Foden is going to be best to, to mm. implement um, but, but if anything i would
1: i would rather Grealish came in um,
0: he doesn't play on the right though does he that's the thing so who goes no, but out sterling
1: right? is better off the right than off the left yeah um,
0: um i think do you think he'll go for a four against Denmark or do you think he'll go for a back five i think it would go for you think he'll stick yeah with the four? yeah my my gut feeling is he'll stick with the four um
1: I don't think Denmark play with a five. I think no, I don't believe four, they do. So you wouldn't need to match up at all.
0: No, and with, again, with respect to Denmark, I don't know whether you'd need to match them even if no. they were. Um, um, you know,
1: well, they were a good side. but am glad against Ukraine that he didn't try and match them and he, you know, he went back to the four and it, it paid dividends. So,
0: I think he, Southgate probably knew what Ukraine were likely mm. to do. Um, and I think if you've got lots of possession, the last thing you want is the ball. All of your players in the sort of the, mm. the first third of the pitch. So, but yeah, and obviously the fact that we were four in the lap and cruising, Henderson came on and got his goal, yeah. finally. Oh, yeah.
2: I was very
0: happy for that. Um, also- I missed that
2: goal, actually. That's the one I
0: missed. <laughs> I had to
1: grab Joe out of his chair, who so still said he didn't have a clue what was going I on. Was talking,
2: <laughs> and I was talking, and I was like, surely not another one. And then mm. I just turned around, and these guys were just like, ma.
0: <laughs> but obviously the fact that we were cruising at 3-0, I think it was not he made the changes, meant that we could... Um, rest all our players yeah, a number of players in sort of yellow cards yeah he took them all off, yeah, them all off um, yeah. Rice looks spent after an hour anyway so I think that was a good call for him bringing him off first yeah. he's played a lot didn't he? um, he's played every game yeah. yeah. and for a change I think you know, we've, we've talked about substitutions in the, in the past where you think why are you bringing him off first but I think in this game I think you've got every substitution bang yeah. on um, so one other one other player who's not really seen a huge amount of action and doesn't seem to really be making an impact when he does play is Rashford yeah, yeah. I
2: thought that
0: um, Calvert-Lewin obviously got a few minutes but, I mean, but Rashford is not really Rashford
1: has been injured for a while he's having surgery when he gets back from the tournament right so the only thing I can think of is that he's just not willing to risk it all on Rashford when he's got other players yeah. when, have, it, I mean you look at the uh, depth of squad we've got now, I think that's the biggest thing with England the depth of squad I mean I look at other teams with the likes of even teams like Spain but you know look at Ukraine you look at Denmark their best 11 is on that pitch. We
2: are the man city of the Whereas age. with England,
1: it's not like we can predict the start 11 every single game. I could probably predict Sterling, Kane, Pickford, maybe, maybe the back four. Not Well, not even the entire back four because he's swapped them about a bit. I wonder so. what he'll
2: do about if, if he'll do something about Kyle Walker
1: I don't think so I think he, I think he likes bit. his experienced players to be mixed with the the youth players so. I
0: don't, yeah I think this late stage in the competition I'll be surprised if he drops Walker mm. despite the fact that he looked very shaky at times yeah
1: um, the only thing maybe is he might bring Trippier in for Walker but possibly yeah um, I he, think I don't think Reese James is going to get a look in.
0: No, either, mm. and the way that Shaw's playing, I don't see Chirwell getting anywhere near that. Well, team he's, not, right he's now. not
1: played a minute, has he? So I can't see him. One of the few jumping.
0: players, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously he had the COVID situation, which didn't help. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, not played a minute, I, and Shaw's I can't been see outstanding.
1: Him getting a, ch- um, a chance, so
0: Shaw's ability to just arrive just at the right time mm. with that overlapping run is yeah, just deliveries have been. To unreal. be
2: fair, the Euros is setting United up well for the season. I
1: think. Yeah. A lot
2: of. Well, Magu- I, well, I
1: like how quickly Maguire's settled in as well, because um, obviously there was a big sort of thing about him taking Tyrone Mings out when Mings was playing so well, but I think Maguire has taken over from that role perfectly.
0: Yeah, I, th- I, th- I guess we all know that Maguire and Stones is England's best def- mm. defensive partnership in a two. With a three, I mean, you can argue the toss about who the better third defender in that is. But I think the question really was more how fit is maguire can he come in a, in in a major tournament and hit the ground running and fit right in mm. because we as we've talked about before you've seen it with beckham we've seen it with rain rooney in, in previous tournaments and it hasn't worked and we've mm. even seen it with harry kane in the champions league final for spurs mm. came back clearly wasn't right and it didn't work so but it's just another decision that southgate's got right mm. um, i mean we don't see what's going on behind the scenes so i guess that we should probably trust southgate more than sometimes we do i think i definitely do now i think um you know I, my, really always, critical, my thing
1: with the World Cup was that we never played a big team. Um, I always look back on it because everyone obviously was always like, oh, we got to the semi-final. And I was always like, yeah, but we just about beat Colombia. We beat Sweden. We beat Panama. We didn't really beat any of the big boys. We played two big teams and we lost three times. Yeah. Whereas now we've beaten Croatia. I know they're not the team they were a couple of years ago, but yeah. it's still a... a Czech Republic without no mugs. Czech Republic were no mugs. We've beaten Germany two nil, um, and I, again, I know that not the Germany have passed, but
0: not it's not on bad. Still they a, they still, still put, a, I mean, you look what they did to
1: Portugal in yeah. the group stages, and psychologically, it's still a massive win. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean,
0: England, a, England, Germany is won It's a bit like the Merseyside derby. Mm. Mm. It sometimes doesn't matter how good or bad the other team is. It's yeah. such a big occasion that simply winning it is down yeah. to how hard you want it.
1: And we didn't have the you know, before we sort of, it almost felt like we purposely finished second so that we'd be put in the easy half. Whereas this time, uh, it didn't look like we were trying to finish in the easy half. And although it actually worked out that this sort of half of the, the tree worked out a little bit easier, I, it doesn't feel like we've tried to find the easy route. We've just taken it in our stride. And I just feel a lot more better about this um, Euros than I did about the World Cup.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was I actually was, I'll pose the question now actually because I was going to get to this. As you mentioned, the, at the time in the World Cup, as we've mentioned before, the summer was brilliant. Everybody got behind the team. It was a fantastic uh, summer of football. We all loved it. But then in, since then, there has been this just stigma attached to it where we're like, oh, we didn't actually play anyone any good. We had an easy run, yada, yada. We've had an easy, a fairly easy uh, run. Now that we got past Germany, in theory, touching wood, the run on paper is easy. We beat yeah. Ukraine. On paper, we should beat Denmark. No disrespect. I feel yeah.
2: like we should be watching Love Island. The amount of times you've been like, "On paper, we should win this."
0: <laughs> am I mind that—what do they call that room that they go to, where they oh. sit in front of the camera like on Big Brother?
2: Oh, I not That doesn't I don't have a name. It like doesn't. No,
0: no, no, I should do. Then <laughs> we can sponsor the room. <laughs> um, but. It just yeah, it, it feels like I, what I what I I guess the question I'm asking is is that in six months' time, regardless of whether we beat or lose against Denmark, I mean if we lose against Denmark, everyone will see it as a negative and yeah. a disappointment and probably rightly so. But even if we get to the final and lose in six months' time, do we look back and say, yeah, you might have got to the final, but you've had an easy run, or do you think that now so we've we've had we've done everything we needed to to actually say no, we we deserve to be there, regardless of who we play, we were good enough to be there. We've not conceded a goal. People were say, yeah, but it was a crap Germany team. No, mm-hmm. don't buy that. People say it was an aging Croatia team. I don't buy that either because, you know, look how many goals they scored after we played them. I mean, they put four past, yeah.
1: uh,
0: three past um, Spain, sorry. Mm. They put a couple past Scotland, which we didn't. So they're obviously, they weren't as bad as we made them look pretty average in the first game. Mm. Um, so, yeah, do you, do you think we'll look back on it like that or do you think that we'll actually look back and say, no, we had a, a brilliant tournament and we deserve to be, you know, in the semis and the final?
1: It's, I think we've. I've, ugh, I think we've had a much better tournament than we have in the World Cup. Like yeah. I feel a lot prouder looking at England now than I did. You yeah. know, like I said before, I felt like we didn't really play anyone, and it felt like we took the easy route by finishing second. Yeah. Um, and we still struggled against those teams. Whereas all the teams we've played, there's not really. I mean, we've not conceded a goal, and there's not really, other than maybe against Germany when Müller went through. There's not really been any big scares. No. Um. But and saying would I would we be disappointed if we you know lost in the semis and stuff? I would be because it's Denmark. You know, if it was a team like Portugal, they have been doing France, well though, haven't they? They have, but, and I, I feel like they're riding on the Christian Eriksen thing a bit, which is helping them, but. You would look at Denmark and you think we should be beating them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We've not
0: got a great record against them. Recent no, I know like we, they them. beat us
1: three two or so. I think recently. Didn't uh,
0: they? Uh, I can't remember what the score was, but I know we lost to them at Wembley. I think it was three two. Um, I heard, and we drew against them in the away leg. Mm. So we've not beaten them in the last two attempts. Obviously, very different now because, with respect, when you're you know talking about the. I think it was. was it was in the Nations League that we played them in. Yeah, it was the Nations League. No one gives a shit about no. that. Let's be honest. Um, so, Europe <laughs> European Championship semi final. The crowd are going to be bang up for it. The atmosphere is going to be similar to the Germany game, no doubt. Um, oh. It's going to be rocking.
2: Atmosphere will be unreal. Yeah,
0: it's one of those games where you wish you could get in. You wish you could have a ticket to it. Yeah. At
1: the end of the day, you got you got to look at the teams left in it, and I think this is the best chance England are going to have for a long, long time to win a, a major competition. <laughs> but see,
0: that's. You know, when you say it like that you're at, you're almost saying we've had an we've got an easy run therefore we've got a chance. When actually going back to your previous point about how proud we've been and how well we've played we've not conceded a goal mm. we shouldn't fear anyone right now.
1: No, but I we're mean
2: invincible.
1: You look at like you know if we were playing like the Germany of a few years back or the Spain of a few years back I'd be, be a worried. bit like you know That's just English pessimism, isn't it? Yeah, but they were world class sides whereas you look at this Spain team they're not really all that. This Italy team is a brand new team a bit like us. Our England team, you know, that Mancini's gone down a different route. He's still got the likes of Chiellini and Benucci, but they're like a brand new team. They haven't really... They didn't even qualify for the World Cup. No. Nah. Um, and then you've got Denmark, who is probably one of their best teams they've had in a long time, mm-hmm. and they're riding off of what happened to Eriksen. But, you know, you look at those three teams and there's a reason we're favourites. Because you look at our team and I would say player for player... We are much stronger than any of the teams left in it.
0: I think I'd probably go along with that. I think the only, you know, if you look at Italy's defence, breaking that down is my only potential question mm. mark because mm. they are so experienced, Cellini and Bonucci. Regardless yeah. of the fact that they've got a combined age of about four thousand, <laughs> um, they are so experienced and they just love defending, don't they? Mm. They just they they absolutely love what they do. They love putting their bodies on the line. They love yeah. the the fight of a of a really strong battle in a game. Um, and England are going to have to be at their very best to break them down yeah
1: I think it well it's kind of good for us if they get to the final that uh, Spinzola's out because he's yeah, been their he's been standout superb. player in my opinion yeah
0: you've got a feel for him
1: actually Yeah, the tournament that got, he's had now they've got to play Emerson there which I feel quite good
0: about <laughs> <laughs> so anyway we're, we're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves so we still got the Denmark game to go but let's just um, talk a few individual performances we can't really talk about anybody else first other than Harry Kane mm. um as we said, fairly poor performance up until the goal against Germany. Never questioned him. Um, yeah, I always said he was a great player. I always said, should, I always said we should persevere with him. Um, but my goodness, I mean, he just looks like a totally different player in that Ukraine game.
2: You just need a goal, did not you? I think It's, it's amazing. amazing.
1: Got a good chance of being golden Someone's boot winner now. <laughs>
0: it's incredible, isn't it? But, I mean, the first goal... Um, I mean, there was some very average Ukraine defending uh, on Thursday. I mean, the, the two goals that Harry Kane scored, I mean, he was given the freedom of the 18-yard box by both down, of them. Chris,
2: let's not talk But
0: great finishes, you know, nonetheless. What goal that volley would have been as well. Oh. You, I had huge Zidane Champions League final yeah. fives from, that, from he, that strike.
1: I mean, hell of a save, but I, what? Uh, a but, uh, that would have been a hat-trick as well. But, hat-trick. but two
0: games ago, Harry Kane doesn't even take that on. Nah. He, he no, He tries to control that and mm. he does something well, else. Well, he just didn't. He was
2: obviously injured now. He didn't have a great end to the season, did he? Tottenham didn't have a great end season I think he probably just lost he just lost it for a bit didn't yeah. he I think he needed that well, I guess there was
1: a lot of talk around his future and stuff but well
2: there's still a lot of talk about his future yeah he just excuses goal, aside like, I, think, I think,
1: think it's good for England and fair play to Southgate for sticking with him because I think all of us were saying you know play calvert I don't
2: think Southgate would ever have
1: got rid of him no and it's a good job he didn't and that's why we're not England managers oh <laughs> <Well>,
0: absolutely and that's <unless laughs> why we're not England managers but it's one of those ones that a manager places his hat on a pole and yeah. lives and dies by it because if they didn't work out if we were sat here now and Harry Kane still hadn't been dropped and still hadn't scored we finish the tournament with zero goals finish the tournament except. with zero goals we would be absolutely ripping him to shreds mm. Um so but you know you have to give credit where credit's due yeah. if, if you're going to criticise him for getting it wrong you have to praise him for getting it right so um and then one or two other players wanted to touch on as well Um Jack Grealish now has he Killed his own potential at starting games because he's been so good coming off the bench.
1: Oh, yeah. I think that
0: yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, no player wants to be a,
1: a super sub, do they? But I part of me almost thinks that Southgate's kind of told him he's going to be a super sub.
0: But he just makes such an impact because he's such he's he's a sort of player that a defender. Won't want to play against for for from the start, mm. let alone when they're knackered for the last twenty five mm. minutes. Mm. Um, and every time he gets the ball, he makes something happen. And you know the two goals against Germany were by and large down to him. Mm. You know he played the first pass off the shore. I know it wasn't just him. I know Kane had an involvement as well. Um, and then he provided the cross for Kane's second. So and then and then of course after that, we're all talking about Jack Greenish after that game, saying, "Oh my God, he's got to start against yeah, Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't even get off the bench." I think being a sub
1: for England is a bit different, especially in like the major tournaments, is a bit different to being like a sub for your club. Because it's not like a, a week in, week out thing where you've got to try and break into the team. I think the entire England team are it's almost like a group of mates that yeah. have just met up for a kickabout.
0: Yeah, It you, doesn't you,
1: seem you, like there's any, you know, none of them sort of seem pissed off that they're like they're what pal- I said, I watched um Belgium when Tielemans got uh subbed off, he was sort of having a bit of a paddy about it. I don't really see that with any of the England players. When they get subbed off, you know... I
2: genuinely think they're all just happy. Yeah, like, I don't all see, happy that I've not
1: seen don't anyone throwing a paddy that they're not playing or yeah. they're being subbed off. They all just seem to know exactly what's going on.
0: I mean, you see there's some of these videos that are appearing on social media of the England camp, and they're I'm all God, in the I pool on day. the unicorns. <laughs> yeah, on there. and did you hear Saka scream when he fell <laughs> yeah. off the unicorn? That was brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you say, they just literally look like they've gone on a holiday to Butlins or something. Mm. They're just having such they're, a great they're having time, having a
2: great lads' holiday
0: um, without the alcohol. Mm. Without the alcohol, and it. But it's there is something to be said for having a great atmosphere in a team. Well, I heard can, um, that
1: Southgate like sort of made them all delete their social medias and stuff, so none of them could see like the the negative comments and stuff. Probably like a good that. thing, and, to yeah. Be fair. Well, especially for people like Harry Kane and Sterling, you know, people Who post in, in, on their for,
2: social media.
1: Well, they none of them post their own stuff, do they?
0: No, they'll have, they'll have people to do it I for mean, them. But I reckon they do. No, I mean Harry Kane can't spell. Rashford so. managed
1: to tweet while he was playing, so. I <laughs> Not
0: that
2: but guy, he was on the. But,
0: but he was on the bench. The I mean, other stuff, I reckon they do. Maybe he was just having a quick flick through uh, Twitter while he was on the bench. <laughs> so no, I think going back to your point, when Declan Rice came off against Ukraine, and Henderson was coming on. Obviously, mm. Declan wants to play every minute. That's the sort of player he is, and he's been for West Ham but he's been subbed after 60 minutes. He probably knows why. Southgate's probably said, look, if we can get a couple of goals off, I do plan on resting you. A, because you need a rest, but also because you're on a yellow. Yeah. But like he was pumping Henderson up to come on on you know off the bench. And Henderson is probably he's vice-captain, is he not? Yeah, so yeah, for somebody to come on and basically say to Henderson, come on, get out there and finish the job sort of thing. Yeah, That's yeah. the sort of camaraderie. And, and- Did you see Henderson when he was waiting to come on? No. And then Harry
1: Kane scored and he was, he was stood next to Southgate waiting to come on, and then he literally just sprinted down the lines against <laughs> see, again,
0: the, I mean, yeah, it's just... Oh,
2: they're so cute, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs>
0: There'll be a DVD out about this I right? bloody love it. <laughs> Behind-the-scenes stuff. So, right, okay, um, let's just very, very quickly then talk about um, the defence and how well they've done, because not conceding a goal in a major tournament. I haven't actually checked to see if there's any kind of record... Yeah, I don't Just know. Being if, broken or in danger broken. I did of being see broken. that
1: all the winners of like pre- previous tournaments, you know, like Germany, Spain, the most goals they conceded were like two, three. There's never been sort of any more than that. So there was us saying, you know, we want them to go out and win games like four three, five four. But well, I think Salfe is going to nail down. You know, if, if we can if you win don't, four
0: 0 great. If
1: you don't concede goals, you're not going to lose games. So,
0: well, the old saying isn't it? Attackers win your games, defences mm. win you championships. Yeah, that's how the saying goes. Something
1: so, I saw was quite interesting. The four semi finalists played all of their group
0: games in their home stadiums. Really, mm. home advantage, yeah. and obviously with the crowd back, and we've got the home advantage. So, yeah. we've, we've had a quick little. Uh, Day trip out to Rome, and I went back home for the next year. I do
2: think John Stones has had a very good tournament.
0: He still worries me a little bit though when I see him on the ball. Maybe it's just because he's on the same side as Carl Walker. Compared
2: to Carl yeah. Walker, though,
0: yeah, that's true.
2: I think he's been pretty good. No,
0: he has been good. Um, he's. I think it's just because he's just I mean, had I, a great the, year, to be honest. In the back, back of my mind, I'm still thinking see. about those games against Holland, where mm. he gave away two goals. Yeah. Well, Croatia and the semi final.
2: But I think, but he's had like a little. I mean a little resurgence at Man City
1: haven't you yeah I mean season, this season yeah. for City has been a godsend for him really because he wouldn't have even been anywhere near the England team before this season no
0: yeah. so no but they've they've been superb Jordan Pickford um, did his best to give a few England fans a bit of a heart attack at the weekend i already for yeah. it up but yeah, he came out and had a, had a slice and yeah. parried one straight back where it came from from a shot but by and large he's been very calm yeah. Um, and my worry with him was that he was a bit of that Joe Hart we said this before he's quite busy he wants to get involved in everything but he's not really been like that so mm. much he's really I don't know if it's this new haircut this new 80s boy band haircut that he's sporting but he's <laughs> changed and it's, I think he's changed for the better because he seems to be much more focused and yeah. concentrating on what he actually needs to do
1: I can see Everton putting a bid in for him from England <laughs> trying to get that England goalkeeper
0: right oh, I, I, you, I had to take a second I'm glad you explained <laughs> that I was like does he not know he was like Ghana and Guyana again. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear so um, right let's um, let's take a break then and when we come back we will talk more European stuff and we'll talk about the, uh, the transfer world see you in a minute hey everyone and welcome back to the show so we will get now into our transfer roundup so Dan what's going on in the world of, of transfers um
1: so I'll sort of firstly start the Premier League uh, teams have been busy appointing their managers and we've now got Vieira as the Palace manager that
0: one really surprised me yeah so what's it do you know I mean I'm trying to think I know he's had a spell in France pretty sure he had a spell in the MLS Uh, uh, in charge of the
1: City team
0: yes I think he was Um, who was it is it Seattle I can't remember who the the Man City sort of uh, team is in the MS because they got one in America and they got one in Australia as well Man City it's just New York City FC is it it that is it them okay Um, so yeah I mean this is a big gamble because Palace have tried this before this big gamble Mm. with uh, Frank De Boer and it's not really worked out for him particularly well at Netherlands either he knocked out early Um, And, uh, you know, they went for the safe option with Roy Hodgson, which was safe, and so it proved. But clearly the fans want more. You know, the board have at least showed a little bit of... um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? A bit of forward thinking, a bit of... um, Come on, Dan, help me out. What's um, the word? You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, ambition. That's the word, good <laughs> man. Um, so they obviously want a bit of ambition, but this is a big job for Vieira. You know, Premier League, there's a lot of scrutiny and it doesn't take much for you to get it wrong and the team in big, big trouble. Mm. I'd be interested to know who went, because I, part of me thought that Lampard would get it,
1: but it wasn't really...
0: Other than a bit of a rumour.
1: Yeah, there was never any sort of, of uh, like a serious of him going there and no, I've just I, not really seen him linked with that much I don't know if he's just having a break or if he's just not getting offered jobs I don't really know
0: yeah as you say there was never really any talk of genuine uh, contract negotiations no, there was between no Lampard like
1: concrete stuff that he was being linked with it. so
0: yeah maybe he wasn't or maybe Lampard turned it down mm. maybe they maybe they spoke to him and Lampard said no it wasn't wasn't the job that really interested him yeah um, potentially And obviously, Nuno has now gone to Spurs. This is weird because last week we said (laughs) he was going to Um, Fanabarche.
1: Literally a day later, he signed for Spurs, which is weird.
0: Yeah, it's. um, I think it's a good. I I actually think it's a good signing. Um, Out of all the managers that Spurs have been linked with, and there's been a lot, uh, you know, for one reason or another, it's not worked out. Uh, But I actually think Nuno's not a bad appointment. Mm. I think he's got enough hunger in him. He's still he's not an old manager. Um, he did a good job at Wolves bar the last yeah. season he did a great job at Wolves um, he's inheriting player for player a better squad depending on of course what happens with Harry Kane Son sounds like he's staying it sounds like he's yeah. about to sign a new contract if he hasn't already um, I imagine Kane will stay I just, yeah, I don't think he's going to go no. um, I think he'll no doubt Kane will want to speak to Nuno and, and mm-hmm. vice versa once the Euros are mm-hmm. over um, and I think that Kane will give Nuno a season. Kane won't be signing a new deal. That I can pretty much guarantee you. Yeah. But I think he'll give Nuno a year to say, right, come on then let's let's see what you can do with this team, where you can take us. Yeah.
1: Um. And I can't remember if we spoke about this on the last podcast or not, but obviously Everton have signed um, Benitez as their boss.
0: Oh, we should have asked a, a couple of Liverpool fans what they <laughs> <make> think. <it laughs> mm. I'm not. That I'm that not sure about. I'm not sure about this one. I have to say, it's a got strange this, one. Why are this, you
2: not sure about
0: it? He's been he's been around a long time now, Benitez. You kind of wonder has he still got the hunger? A little mm. bit like Ancelotti, really. Yeah. Um, is this just a you know he it, nothing is really going to tarnish his legacy and what he's done in in his various jobs at Real and at Liverpool and at Chelsea and whatnot, uh, and the, and at Newcastle as well, where he's a legend. Mm. It just feels like to me like he's I don't know just going through the motions of all these other clubs, a bit like people like Ancelotti, Gus yeah, yeah, yeah. Um
1: I mean, it's a, it's a big signing for Everton, and it's a, a bit of a kick in the teeth to Liverpool, in it my It's be.
0: been a long time, though, since he's been in Liverpool. Yeah, but I feel like
1: he's known as the like Liverpool manager. Do you know what I mean? It's I, a bit like a... Well, it's not quite a Kenny Dalglish, but...
0: I know what you mean, because, because obviously the famous... Champions League final mm. win under him was was something they'll never forget um, it's been a long time but do you not think that the success that Klopp has had at the club not, doesn't doesn't make people forget about Benitez but maybe it makes the impact of him going to their nearest rivals a bit Yeah, I'm sure,
1: I'm sure Liverpool aren't really I'm sure they don't really care that much if,
0: if Liverpool weren't in the situation they are right now with a manager like they've had with the success they've had recently mm. then I think it would really sting but because they've got a great manager they've had some amazing success in recent years I don't think they'll be as bothered. There'll be a few. No, I think for there'll sure. be some boos when yeah. they play each yeah. other. Yeah. Uh, but it will be interesting to see that that first Merseyside derby when it's at Anfield, mm. on the presumption that we've got fans in the stadium as yeah. well. Um, that's going to be very interesting Van to Dike see.
1: Van Dyke v Pickford. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Touching Van Dyke just he's not he's not going up sizzle for corners.
0: Even though <laughs> <laughs> he's just not going to go up for corners. He's like, no, you crack on. <laughs> um,
1: Danny Ings has rejected a new contract at Southampton. Apparently, he wants to leave and join a bigger
0: team. Mm. Mm. I think we kind of saw this coming. How long has he got left? 12 months on his contract. Yeah, isn't he's got it? one year left, yeah. I suppose the question is now: Is what does Southampton do? Do they try and keep him for keep him for another year, or do they try and cash They'll on him now? Try some
1: money on him, yeah. Where do you think he'll go? Well, he's been linked with I think Arsenal, United, and Liverpool. Back to Liverpool. Back to Liverpool, yeah.
2: Would he get in? Would he play? No, yeah, that's the thing. That
1: I mean, he's twenty eight. Not saying that 28's old, but I just I could see him going to a, like a West Ham. I think it'd be a perfect fit for someone like West Ham. I just can't see him getting in at a United or a Liverpool. Even Arsenal, I mean they've got Aubameyang and Lacazette. I can't see him getting in ahead of those two. And
0: they have got a couple of decent youngsters coming yeah. through, you know Martinelli and Ketia. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually to be fair Danny Ings would suit um, a David Moore. <laughs> I thought you were done with the transfer. Yes, no, like 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 <laughs> <laughs> um I think Danny Ings would suit west ham actually to be fair the way we play because he is a very dynamic hard working center forward we often play one up so you need somebody who's prepared to mm. put themselves around he links him where he works hard defensively and he knows where the back of the net is which we we need because yeah. we can't keep relying on antonio um he's only going to play 10 games before he gets injured especially with the european campaign mm. coming up so we need players um so yeah i think i agree i think i i don't see him going for a big side a <laughs> I'm going to caveat this because this is going to sound horrible but I, I'm i not including Arsenal in that do you know what I mean like, because we well, yeah, I mean, where they're, Arsenal they're are are not in Europe are they so Danny Ings with respect is the sort of player that Arsenal need to go for yeah. somebody that they can get slightly on the cheap who's not going to look at them and think I want to go and play for a club in the Champions League mm. again Danny Ings might actually turn around and say no I, I think I'm good enough to go and play for a team in Europe um, could he go to Spurs as a, as a number two to Kane, would he want to go would as a number he, oh, two? I was
1: going to say, would he want to go as play player as a number two? That's not really a, a step-up challenge, is it? But Kane
0: ha- often has periods of time where he's not playing. He does, yeah. <laughs> um, it very much depends on what formation Nuno's going to want to play, because he might turn around and play two-up.
1: Yeah. I mean, I imagine Danny Ings is probably going to want to try and get into the next England team. For next year's World well, Cup, yeah. yeah.
0: So okay. he's
1: probably... He either stays at Southampton, but I feel like being at Southampton kind of hinders that.
0: Yeah, I, th- I still think he was quite unlucky to not really, he was never really part of the conversation. No, um, no. The, for this summer, it was all about uh, Calvert, Lewin, Watkins, mm. and Bamford. Um, so maybe that's potentially and Bamford
1: may- was the second top English scorer and he missed out. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. So maybe that the fact that he's not even really been in the conversation he wasn't even in the preliminary squad maybe that's forced his hand and thought if mm. I want to get in the world cup clearly I need to go somewhere else because mm. it's not like he hasn't been scoring for southampton or playing well no um so yeah let's wait and see but i suspect southampton might look to to offload him just raise raise trying, some money
1: yeah try and cash in on him um again i can't remember if we spoke about this one i don't i don't think we did but um billy gilmore's joined norwich Online, we very, did talk about that. We did, yeah, that's a very good signing. We can skip that one then. Um, I sent this one to you earlier that United have apparently agreed personal terms with Varane,
0: yeah. This is big. I what mean, um, I played for Real Madrid in oh yeah. France. Uh, this is this is big for United because obviously the Sancho deal is as far as we know, is it is agreed?
2: Is it 100? 100?
0: No, but to me. It feels like
1: it happened with Ramos a few years ago where he said that he was gonna leave Real Madrid and they weren't offering him the money he wanted and he wanted a new challenge, he was gonna to go to United, and then all of a sudden Real Madrid offered him a load of money. So you stayed.
0: don't you think this is a chance he I, stays?
1: I think this is another give me my money or I'm gonna pretend I'm going elsewhere.
2: But look how well he's getting on with fellow United people in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> For me, I think it's a power play.
0: Really? What from him or his agent? But this is, see, this is the thing though because probably his agent. But uh, supposedly the deal has been agreed with Dortmund though, so that we're not saying that the deal has been agreed with the player. So the power move can't. Dortmund, who you on about? Sorry, Sancho. Sancho. I was on about what are we talking about here. I was talking I was about. Talking about Sanche. Sanche. Are you talking about Varane? Yes. Yeah, I was talking about yeah. Sancho. <laughs> I <haven't seen> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> right. What well, was right? Back, let's rewind. let's restart. Let's rewind the rewind the podcast back about yeah. a minute. So. Sancho. Yep. Do you think that's happening? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Oh, yeah. for okay, sorry. Sake. Yeah. Sorry sorry, listeners, no, for wasting too time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just Let's get on, on. to I said When did we get to Sancho? Because I said it's a huge summer if you get Sancho. Oh, I as see. Well. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I was so, reading but... my
1: next one. and You caught me off.
0: <laughs> but so Varan, you so you actually think that it's not. I think the Varan
1: thing is a power play to get himself uh, a new contract. That makes um, sense. But yeah, I think Sancho is a hundred percent going So
0: has so Varan has agreed personal terms. Yes, but not a club to club agreement. not
1: club to club. Yeah, right, whereas okay. with United, Sancho's agreed personal terms and the clubs have agreed their pennies now.
0: Yeah, Seven, 79 million, is it?
1: <laughs> uh. I thought it was slightly less. Was it seventy five? Yeah, I think it's around. There must be um, yeah, there must
0: be some more add-ons because obviously they. There's probably in here, add-ons
1: right? with all the other stuff. Yeah.
0: Maybe that's why he's um, not playing for England. Maybe there's some like if he plays X number of international games, yeah, maybe probably. maybe Ollie's had a word with Southgate. <laughs> Don't play him because it's going to cost us another ten million. <laughs> okay.
1: Um And Spurs apparently interested in Lorenzo Insigne from Italy. Who's he playing for at the moment? Napoli, thirty years old. Hmm. I mean, Where do you play him? I mean, in mind, Son left wing. Who's
0: right wing? Lucas Moura. Yeah, but he's never been first team every single week on at any manager at mm. Spurs than one well, of the last two managers. Um,
1: for me, I'm just not a massive fan of signing players that are over 30. I know we've signed, obviously, um, Cavani, so that completely goes against that. But.
0: It depends how much you're paying for him mm. because at 30, in theory, you've still got a good three or four years left at peak physical condition yeah. sure you can look after yourself. Um depending it's on tougher top- with wingers though. Yeah that's what I was about to say. If if he's a winger that relies on pace, you're you're pushing it out for mm. three or four years. So it depends what sort of price. Um I wonder what that means for Lamella. Because Lamella is obviously a, another mm. player in that who can play in that position. So yeah, I'm not I'm not sure about that one, but it's going to depend on price for mm. me, I think.
1: And uh lastly Chelsea, apparently Arsenal are going to put in a third bid for Ben White, but at the same time, Chelsea are going to try and hijack that bid. He's flavour of the month, this boy, isn't he? He is, isn't he? I haven't
2: um, even seen him play, really.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I can't say that I'm a keen watcher of him because I, I don't watch a lot of Brighton, to be honest. I never watched him when he was at Leeds, but
0: no, seems um, quite
1: highly sought after.
0: Yeah, I mean, if both Arsenal and Chelsea are
1: going But is it him.
2: just because he's made the Euros team?
0: Well, he didn't really, he got we'll, called Yeah, up.
2: but I mean, that's where that all of this is kind of stemmed from, isn't it? Like, no one was talking about him before, and then he suddenly... Well, are you
0: suggesting that maybe his value's been inflated because yeah, of because that? Yeah, because
2: he's made the squad.
0: Possibly. I just... Uh, the fact that he's English,
1: his price goes up to, like, 50, 60 million... You can't tell me a Brighton centre back is worth 50, 60 million.
0: Well, it goes back to what we said last week about Wan Bissaka, doesn't it? Well, exactly uh, that. Yeah. It's English talent, We were paying for future because he is quite young. He's like twenty four. I think yeah, we, we looked I last think, week.
1: Yeah. Um, but I still, I mean, I still stand by that Harry Maguire is not worth eighty million. No. It's just because he's English. It adds on 30, 40 million. Um,
0: yeah, I don't know. Um, I think Chelsea. I think a Chelsea would be a better fit. Mm. Than Arsenal would be. Oh, they've got like 20 centre backs. Well, Thiago's not going to go on forever, is he? No, He's they got Zuma,
1: days. Christensen. They've just sold to Mori.
0: Yeah, they have. They've still got Rudiger.
1: Mm.
0: Um, But I guess it just Does Tuchel play three at the back? He does, doesn't he? Does yeah, he play he three centre backs?
1: So yeah, maybe that would make sense. Make more, a bit more sense yeah. then.
0: Um, But yeah, I mean, if, from Brighton's point of view, if they can get 50, 50 odd million for him, I think that's fantastic business. They've just got to make sure they. Uh, mm. They invest that back in the team. They need a decent striker, Brian. Yes, they do. Right, let's talk then some European stuff then. Um, It's been an amazing tournament overall so far with some really good games, some uh, some big upsets. Um, And of course, since we last spoke, since we last recorded last Monday, the France-Switzerland game, of course, was actually going on at the time. You left... My house at at three one France yeah, yeah, yeah. within about two minutes of me closing the door, it was three all, <laughs> um, and then of course they uh, they lost on penalties with Mbappe yeah. uh, missing the penultimate penalty. So everybody's favourites, including ours, um, was out in the round of sixteen. We did
1: you see there was a massive petition going around that. They should redo the penalty shootout.
0: What, because someone was supposedly off his line. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine they were just like, Oh yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, Let's rewind. All those games <laughs> have since <laughs> happened, like they're, they're all gonna they're all not gonna count. Um did you did you hear about the, uh, the all the negative stuff coming out from France mm. after this game? That
1: they all, all the players? lots of infighting. Yeah. I mean, this is
0: not the first time this has happened with France. Mm. Um, you know, those of you that remember, so I think it was the 2010 World Cup in South Africa where they didn't make it out of the group, mm. and I think that was actually the time where there was one or two fairly big name players that basically never played for the senior team ever again. We're uh, trying to think was, ben, was Benzema one of them? Probably he's been around blank. he's been around a long time. Um apparently you know? Pogba was involved because he wasn't doing his defensive duty. Yeah,
2: fucking horse he was involved. <laughs>
0: he's a nightmare. Uh, yeah, he's always he's always involved, isn't he? Whenever there's trouble, Pogba's always no, around. No, no. But so yeah, apparently uh Pavard, the, the fullback, was getting whinged at by Pogba for not defending properly. Mm. Then one of the centre-backs coming who it was piled in on Pavard as well. Pavard then bit back and said to Pogba, well, you're in midfield and you're doing fuck all defensively. Mm. But the centre-back then went, yeah, to be fair, Pogba, you're not doing fucking anything. <laughs> and then that all went on from there. There was supposedly a bust-up between Mbappe and Didier Deschamps. Mm. Um There was a lot of unrest that Griezmann was taking off. Um, when he was because they felt like the team felt like he was doing the most yeah. defensively outside of probably like Kante but then he just just does whatever he just gets over It doesn't seem mm. to care Um and then of course Mbappe misses the penalty and um he didn't score a single goal did he? he's had a very poor tournament by his mm. by his standards of course I mean he's set very high standards for himself Um he's had one I think he's had one goal disallowed yeah. in one of the games yeah. which was a great finish but it was correctly ruled out for yeah. offside Um But yeah, I mean, obviously there's been some talk about his future at PSG, but he's probably not helped himself a huge amount with these performances Mm. and and what's since come out, because I think Mbappe was also involved in some bitterness in the team as well. People thinking, I think, that his ego was too big and he was getting a bit too big for his boots. I can't remember where I read it, but
1: someone was saying um, that
0: apparently he's sort
1: of uh, not signing a new contract for PSG and he's refusing to sign it and he wants more money and... And then I can't, it was either like an ex manager or someone like that, or someone associated with PSG said, so
0: just let him rot in the reserves. Really? Mm. That's what they think of him then. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he, obviously, he's meant he was touted as the next big golden boy, wasn't he, of the, mm. of the next generation? Um, he's still very young. So, you know, his career in legacy is not going to be defined by a, an average summer tournament. The problem with these price tags, though, you know, like, clubs
1: can't afford to pay £600 etc., for players like Mbappe. They want to be moving around and that, but it's like Pogba, you know, he wants to go, but nobody can afford
0: him. I think what, what will also come into this as well, one thing that maybe we haven't considered, is when big money is paid for for players, and I think to the Ronaldo deal between Real Madrid and Juventus, mm. Juventus, I think, paid £18 million for him from memory, and of course mm. he was 33, 34 at the time, which is a huge amount of money for someone of that age. Um, but they made three quarters of that back on day one shirt yeah. sales. Yeah. Um, now, I wonder if there's an element of, you know, we, we've talked often about how there's not enough money flowing around at the moment because of the pandemic and whatnot, that people are not going to want to spend 120 million on a player. Maybe they're thinking actually the, one of the reasons they won't, it's not because they haven't got the money, it's because they know they won't get it back yeah, as quickly yeah. because there's not enough money in the general yeah. consumer world to go and, you know, it's spend 80, 80 state 90 state pound state. On, a, on a shirt with a name on the back.
1: I mean, you think PSG paid 196 million for Mbappe?
0: Did they really? Yeah. Holy shit! I didn't realize it was that high. Oh, yeah, that's going to be hard to claw back. Yeah, that is. But um, I mean, you know, 78 quid on a shirt. You know, that's a lot of money for people these days. I mean, when we did, when we ran our um, uh, competition mm. at Christmas, and that the winner chose a PSG kit and um yeah thanks for that yeah I know cheers for <laughs> that. Can pick one of the most expensive ones but yeah I mean generally like even you know the New England kit that's 70-80 quid mm, and they change yeah. that every freaking year yeah. so you know, there's only a, there's, there's only so much money that people are going to continue to pay at your club mm. uh, when you do all this sort of thing so maybe that comes into it um But, uh, yeah, massive disappointment for France. Um, Let's move on to the court finals. Belgium-Italy was probably the standout, other than the England game, of course, was the standout game. Um, Cracking game, backwards and forwards. But Belgium again, perennial underachievers. we said this before, and another opportunity goes. Do we think that's that for them now?
1: I think so. I mean, De Bruyne and Hazard aren't getting any younger, are they? And they're not going to be getting any better. Um, And you look at their back line... They had Vermarlin who plays in the Japanese league.
0: Is he still out there? Yeah. Is he? I actually wonder where he gone. So yeah, on that point, um, so age-wise, we have said that maybe this is the last chance. Because the World Cup is coming around so quickly, might just creep a few of them in I still there. Still
1: think that back line. The back line is needs to old. change. Yeah. I mean,
0: if you look at their back line, Vermarlin 35, Vatong in 34, Boyata 30. Or 32. Mm. Not a single of one of your defenders there. I mean, I know they're all not gonna not all gonna play at the same time. But then even if you go down that Axel Witzel, 32, Dries Mertens, 34, Nasser Chadley, 31, Hazard and De Bruyne are both 30. Yeah. Um Mounier, 29. If it feels like only I mean, yesterday I heard about him and thought he was really young still. I didn't realise he was that old. Um and even, you know Lukaku's
1: you, probably one of the youngest players. Lukaku,
0: <laughs> literally, from the squad that they've got for these Euros, he is very much in the bottom half at 28. Yeah. Um, outside of Jeremy Doku, who's 19, mm. their next youngest player is Tielemans at 24. Mm. And you compare that to the England team um, and the average age of the England team, um, it's it's stark different. So, you know, if you look... And the, these other younger players here are these the players that are going to take them to the next level to bring in the next generation when you're talking oh, about Vichy Batshuayi and Jason Denier well, the they've still got Benteke on the bench haven't they mm. did you see oh did you see that about Benteke actually so um, it was in the Belgium Italy game it was the 95th minute and there's only 6 minutes of Manon on time Martinez signals to Benteke to bring him on right He's still putting his shirt on as the referee blows for full time, <laughs> and Take throws a right wobbly on the sideline. As you would rightly say, what what on earth is Ma- is Martinez doing? Bringing Take on in the ninety fifth minute when there's only six minutes of on time? Either just don't bring him on at that point because mm. there's no point. But why not bring him on earlier? I don't. Yeah. I just don't see. He clearly did not trust his bench no. in that game mm. at all, um, and that worries me. It wouldn't surprise me, you know, that after this tournament, maybe the next World Cup that Martinez goes. I was going to say. Uh,
1: I think they'll keep him for the World Cup just because it's such a quick turnaround. Yeah. But yeah, I think they should have done a lot better with the team they had. But I mean, you look at that team, there's no... With the England team, I look at the England team and I think we're probably going to have that team for the next six, seven, eight years.
0: Yeah. I mean, probably up until... You would argue some of those players up until sort of the early part of the Mm. the, the next decade. Yeah. Mm. You know, Foden... Uh, Reece James, Mason Mount, Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips—these are all young players. The only ones that are going to be not there would be people like Sterling, Kane, mm. Maguire, um, so and Carl Walker. But we've got players still coming through behind yeah.
1: them. But I think that's the same with a lot. I think a lot of the nations have done a like a rebuild. I mean, you look at Italy's team; they've got a lot more younger players. Obviously, their two centre backs are so their experienced players, but the rest mm. of their players are sort of fairly unheard of. Mm. The same with Spain. They've got more younger players in their team. That Pedri is like 18 years old for Barcelona. Um, Germany is a a much younger team than what they... Obviously, they sort of backtracked a bit because he he tried to have a really young team and it didn't work. So he called up the likes of Muller and Hummels again. Um, But you look around, a lot of the nations are starting to do what England have done um, and try to rebuild a team again whereas Belgium I feel are at the other end of the scale where all their players are raging and they've got to go back to the start again yeah they've
0: not really thought about the next generation they've been so focused on this one they've not really considered what's next
1: you know that, that Doku looks like a very good player but other than that I can't see any like you say you know the next youngest was 24
0: yeah, um, it's, it, I, f- I feel for, for Belgium because, you know, they've been number one in the world for a fair amount of time now. I know that the ranking system, bearing in mind what Belgium have achieved in a major tournament, it does seem weird that they've been... Yeah, I, d- I have no idea how
1: they... Because they didn't win the Nations League, they didn't win the World Cup, they didn't win the Euro, so I have no idea how they rank <laughs> number one. But. It's,
0: it's because they just never lose in uh, warm-up games and in qualification games, and it's all based on points mm-hmm. um, and that sort of thing. So when they play a slightly better team, you know, like a, or a, deep, a good team in a Nations League game or whatever, and they win, it counts for a lot more. I and mean, then for just... me,
1: the top-ranked team is the team that wins the World Cup.
0: I just don't understand it. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. uh, that's, that's effectively like saying... That the team who comes third in the fourth in the Premier League can be the number one team in England. Mm, so yeah. it doesn't work like that. No, if yeah. you've not won anything, how can you be classed yeah, as yeah. the uh, yeah. as the best? But um, in Italy, we mentioned earlier about Spinazzola um, injured. Apparently, he snapped his Achilles tendon, which is a oh. awful injury. I mean, that's going to keep him out for a large part of next season, let alone just these this summer Euros. Um, good news for Spain. Potentially good news for one of either Denmark or England. Um, I don't think Spain
1: have got enough left in the... T- they've gone to extra time twice now.
0: They have. And you look at some of the goals they've conceded defensively, they absolutely woeful. Mm. And I think Italy's front line of um, Immobile and Senior and baratti I think it is, isn't it? Um, they look dangerous and I yeah. think they're going to be licking their lips at the prospect of playing that Spain defence. Their,
1: their defence, I think, will be more than enough to shout Spain. I mean, you've seen how many... Spain have created the most chances. And although they had two games where they scored five goals like they've not really looked that strong it's weird forward, isn't it they've scored honest. a lot of goals but yeah. then you don't
0: you don't actually perceive them as much of an attacking threat because right. weirdly Morata's
1: um, actually had more shots on target than any other player at the tournament
0: yeah uh, he's he's like the, uh, the Spanish team Werner mm. isn't he we said earlier <laughs> um, so yeah I mean if um, if England are to get to the final um, of the three strong teams that were left as a result of the quarterfinals um, so we had uh, Spain, we had Italy, and we had Belgium. Of those three, which do you think England would have preferred to have played in the final, if they had a choice?
1: Uh, for me, the weakest out of the three is Spain.
0: Yeah. I personally think, and this is going to cause controversy, I personally think <laughs> that England would actually prefer to play Italy. I just feel like our the way in which Gareth Southgate is you able to manipulate... matches, is not you? Huh? You think,
2: like... It's similar play,
0: not Yeah, I think that Italy can be contained easier than Belgium and Spain can. And it sounds weird mm. because I feel like Italy, that Spain and Belgium have some really creative players. I'm not saying Italy don't when I watched them against Austria and I watched how Austria played against them and they Austria completely nullified Italy for large periods of that game mm. um, and if Austria just had that little bit more cutting edge they would have beaten Italy I think in that they game. struggle
1: against teams that sit back don't they
0: and I think that Southgate Southgate is not above playing no, a tactic he was, that he knows is going yeah. to give him the best chance of winning and if he thinks that if we get Italy in the final if we get there if Southgate genuinely thinks that playing a more defensive mentality against Italy gives us the best chance of winning, he'll do it. And then
1: bringing on the likes of Grealish when, you know, other players are tired, etc. Exactly. We've so- got, we've, we've got the, uh, what am I trying to say? We've got the sort of tools in our army. Yeah. to use, you know, to play that way. Um, and at the end of the, I've, I said it last week, I don't really don't care how we win as long as we win.
0: Yeah. And I, I go back to my previous point earlier, I don't think England should be particularly afraid of anyone, right? No. Because no, we're so well, the confidence is so high. I think we, they will literally be ready to take on mm. anybody. Uh, but I just feel that player for player, the way we've been able to switch players around to fit a, a particular opponent, I think Italy, we can better adapt our game to defeat Italy than we would be able to defeat Belgium and Spain so I think Belgium and Spain have the ability to really just turn games with the amount of pace and creativity they've got and Italy for all the for well they've played they're a much more disciplined side mm. than they are free-flowing attacking um, in my in my personal opinion I mean people can tell me I'm wrong or whatnot but um, yeah I think that if, if it were me I'd, I'd choose Italy that's
1: yeah fair enough
0: that's me um Let's talk on the subject of Spain. Let's talk the Spain Switzerland game. Um, Bit of a strange game. Um, It was. It could have gone either way. I think the red card for Switzerland kind of put pay to any chance of Switzerland winning it in normal time and in extra time. Um, What did we think of the red card? Bit 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 soft and bit soft. Yeah. Do you think because this was Michael Oliver, wasn't it? This was the English. Is it? Just the most Premier League English thing that when there's a when there's a genuine VAR controversy at a European Championship, in which VAR, in fairness, has done a pretty good job, mm. that it involves English officials.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure the uh, commentator said that. Sort of, this is why English refs don't get selected for finals,
0: yeah. Um, and the, what made me laugh as well is I think it was on ITV because they always have the bit like BT Sport, do mm. they have the referee there, Peter Walton? On and Peter Walton was saying, like, he's out of control, he's endangering the opponent, therefore, I agree it's a red. and I think Lee Dixon was on commentary and went, I don't care what Peter Walton says, it's <laughs> not, not a red card. And I have to say, I agree with him. I don't, yeah. when, when, when a player goes in supposedly two footed. What I'm looking for is the amount of speed and recklessness he's going in mm. with, and normally you see that extension of the leg when they're really lunging yeah, for the ball. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't see either of those two things, and it felt like it, I think he, he won the ball first and foremost. I know that's not always taken into account when you go and start showing these days, but I don't think there was any danger to the player particularly um, when you you know when you look at the the game in the something with Sweden Ukraine game mm. where the guy. Cleared the ball, made no real attempt to injure the player, but unfortunately, virtually broke the guy's leg in half. You have to say, look, even though it was accidental, you have endangered the safety mm. of the opponent. Therefore, you have to go. In this situation, I don't see that. I don't see what about that challenge, other than the fact his studs were showing mm. that made that a red card. It,
1: it's not quite the same. But it reminds me when I was watching the. I think pretty sure it was the Belgium Italy game, and the ball got put into the box. Obviously, Belgium were going trying to get a goal, sort of last minute of the game. And Donnarumma pretty much jumps on top of the attacker's back and punches the ball. And then, obviously, from that height, he falls to the floor crying. And the ref gives the free kick to Donnarumma. And the commentator is saying... I don't understand how that can be a free kick to Donnarumma. If anything, it's jumped, the other way around. Yeah, when he's mm-hmm. the one jumping on top of the striker's back to punch the ball.
0: But it's, you know, referees have certain decisions and certain things that go on during games that almost give them get-out clauses. Mm-hmm. And giving a foul for a goalkeeper is one of those things because everyone just goes, oh, fucking goalkeepers get so much protection. And then mm-hmm. everyone forgets about it. Whereas in reality, as you say, there was one, I think, um, I'm going to say it was De Gea, actually, he came out... He's not as played at all, so was No, it I'm day? talking in yeah. the, I'm talking Premier League, oh, sorry. Okay. Um He came out, and I think he went to punch, I think he might be against Liverpool or something, he came out, did the same sort of thing, made an absolute mess of it, oh, but they somehow, from it. Yeah, they got, yeah, they got a goal from it, it and then it Liverpool. was it was chalked off, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. for something similar. I just I don't understand why they give him so much protection, mm. especially when you've got VR and you can look at these things. Mm. If the player's looking at the goalkeeper and backing into him, fine, you can see he's yeah, trying to obstruct um, um, the keeper. Yeah. But if he's got eyes on the ball and he's jumping up, and the keeper clatters him yeah. I, I don't understand it's 50-50 yeah it just makes no sense speaking of um, players who make miraculous recoveries <laughs> um, <laughs> is it worth noting that we've um, had now conclusive proof that there is a god and miracles are at play because Immobile went down with what looked like a career threatening injury rolling around in, in a lot of pain <laughs> Italy then I mean, scored all, a cracking all goal all of those
1: Italians were at it like, there was <laughs> so much acting in that game
0: oh my god I don't know when the Oscars are but then you've got to be up for some nominations here but the Mobley's one was just amazing yeah. rolling round like he was the, the ball goes in but did you see the sheepishness with he, how he got up and he had a little look he
1: looked at the yeah. ref and then like yeah just sort then like realised there was a goal and
0: trundled over to celebrate over, yeah. absolutely incredible so, yeah, we've got that to look forward to if Italy yeah, make the final yeah. one. But
1: for me, that should be brought back and him given a card. Yeah. Because that's no different to Dive in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and until you until you take retrospective action on that sort of mm. thing, it, it's never going to stop. <laughs> so, right, let's talk uh, the um, – where are we on this list? I've, we've sort of jumped backwards and forwards so much, I've lost where I am on the list. Um. Let's I guess let's talk about the other semi-final then on Tuesday Spain against Italy. Um, we've already said that you fancy Italy to win the game. Do you think it'll be a high-scoring affair, or do you think it's going to be quite a cagey?
1: It's a difficult one, really. You've got the team with sort of one of the better defences against the team with one of the better going forwards. So, who also can't defend? And yeah, against who can't, another
0: team who. Yeah are looking dangerous as well yeah
1: so it, I'm hoping it would be an interesting game it would be interesting to see how they do without Spinozola because he's been one of their biggest attacking threats
0: I hope it's about 5 all, so that their defences are completely devoid yeah, of any confidence I hope it goes and it goes to extra to time, extra time and penalties. Penalties. <laughs> just
1: so that they're knackered um, I think because Spain I'm pretty sure their last two games have gone to extra time I think they will be fucked to be honest yeah yeah um, and I think Italy will take advantage. You know, the way they pass the ball around, I think they're just going to knacker out Spain and then they'll get a goal or two. Mm. So in my opinion, I think Italy will just outplay Spain by knackering them out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think Italy will, will progress. I can see it being quite cagey. Um, I don't think we're going to get the open football mm. that on paper it looks like it might be. Um, I said on paper again, didn't I? <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah, I think Italy will make the final. Uh, I did have them down as a dark horse before before the, the tournament started. I'm surprised at how how well they've actually done. I didn't actually think they were going to be quite as, as good as they have been at times. I know they had one or two little blips like against Austria, for example. Um, but I thought they were good against Belgium. Mm. Belgium had their chances and could have easily have uh, brought that game back, but Italy held on. So, yeah, whoever wins out of Denmark and England is going to have a end of a game on their hands in the final. Mm. So, right. Um Let's, where are we now? Let's do Dan the Stat Man um, <laughs> to finish off, and then we will, yeah, we'll be staring at the last episode of the Kickabout next weekend mm, right yes. in the face. Dan the Stat Man! Uh, yes,
1: yeah, so first one is Gareth Southgate is just the second manager to take England's men's team to the, both the semi final. Um, no, I've messed that up. So the semi-final of both, the World Cup and the European Championships. But can you tell me who else did
0: it? Tony Venables? No. Glenn Hoddle? No. Am I going the wrong way? Why do I need to go older? Older. Uh, fucking hell. Bobby Robson? Nope. Kevin Keegan? Nope. I'm running out. I'm running out of previous England (laughs) managers. Um... Yeah, I'm, I think I'm
1: I'm out. Alf Ramsey. Nin- Alf Ramsey? 1966 and 1968.
0: Oh, you, hang on a minute. You said at the start they were around the same time. And yeah, you said 1966 other- and 1968. One after the other. Okay, I miss I mis-got that then. <laughs> no, because when I asked earlier about... You said that one was at uh, Euro 2000 for your other stat... And I said, are they both? Oh, together? sorry. Yeah. No, I yeah. thought
1: you meant uh, the, were well, the Euros Tell and the World what, Cup? You should for each have not other. been on the same wavelength.
0: <laughs> it's been a long year, people <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: um, yeah, anyway, the second one Luke Shaw's assist for Harry Maguire was the first time two United players have combined for an England goal at a major tournament since who?
0: Is one of them Teddy Sheringham? No. Is one of them David Beckham? It is indeed. So David Beckham to assist goals.
1: Yes. Yeah. Against Portugal.
0: Nice. There I go. I've got one of them. There we yeah, go. Back yeah. on the same page. <laughs> right. Okay, one thing very quickly before we go. I completely Back forgot. The um the um Spain-Switzerland game, the penalty shootout. Completely forgot to mention this. How much of a fucking shit show was that? <laughs> Unbelievable how these are professional footballers. Some of the penalties, they look like they would never kicked a ball before yeah. in their life. Um, and quick rant. Why do players do this stuttering? Can someone explain it to me? Because so many of them tried it. And got it wrong.
1: Yeah, the pro- mm. it's just it's the same with pen ink, though, isn't it? When it works, it sort of looks good, but when it doesn't, you just look like a twat.
0: But like you've got an uncontested shot from twelve yards where the goalie cannot come off his line, and he definitely can't now with VAR mm. about. Just fucking put your foot through it and stick you it in the corner. You say that, I think
1: one of the players literally skied it over the bar. And for me, that is the worst way you can miss a penalty is by completely
0: missing Well, the if he's going to go side foot and lean so far back he was almost horizontal, then it's going to go up. <laughs> um, but, I mean, just get a little bit of height on it, stick it in a corner. And, you know, these professional footballers, man, they should be able to take a free shot from 12 yards. <laughs> yeah, I it's get so this pressure. different when
1: you've got, like, 40,000 people I know,
0: I know, I know. Watching but, you and... but equally, they if, if, if you've got 40,000 people watching and you've still got the bollocks to do a stuttery penenka penalty mm. where you, or whatever, where you're waiting to see if the keeper dives, then you've got enough bollocks just to put your foot through it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's my quick... Interestingly,
1: Lee, I, th- I, can't, I think it was Lee Dixon, I can't remember who was commentating on the game, but it said um, he finds it interesting that players always walk and soak up the pressure rather than just sort of running down there and getting, Get, over, getting and over and done with it. quickly.
0: Yeah, well, let's hope that England don't have to go through any of this. Mm. And let's hope that... One way or the other, it's settled without the need of penalties. I'd, ra- yeah. I'd rather lose an extra time than lose on penalties, frankly. Would you? Yeah. I, don't, I just don't want the penalty <laughs> the World Cup stress in <clears throat> the Columbia game and that penalty was just too much for me. Especially when Eric Dyer walked up. Jesus Christ. It's the great, range of there. emotions. Oh, I yeah, was. Yeah. It was brilliant. But the range of emotions when I saw Eric Dyer step up to take the winning penalty. The entire pub I was in just went off oh, for fuck's yeah. sake. <laughs> well, it's like that
1: when I was watching United against bloody Villarreal. You start seeing... Uh, Lindelof and Fred and (laughs) Gea.
0: Oh, dear. Right. Okay, so as I mentioned, uh, next week is going to be our last show of the season before we take a little hiatus for a few weeks and then we come back ready for the start of the Premier League season. Um, But in the meantime, we are going to be doing some other YouTube stuff uh, in between those few weeks, so keep your eyes peeled for that. But as always, thank you very much for listening and we will see you all next week where hopefully... We're going to be celebrating a European Championship victory.
2: Yay!
0: (laughs) See you later. Bye. Bye.